This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, welcome into the Hoisty Colors podcast. It is Military Bowl game week as we are just a handful of days away from East Carolina taking on the Boston College Eagles in Annapolis, Maryland. I'm the host, Stephen Igo of Voice of Colors, the publisher of voiceofcolors.net. I'm joined for the first time on the HTC pod. He is Max Sullivan. You may know him as Max Sully on the, uh, <laughs> on the Voice of Colors message boards. Uh, Mac, welcome into the podcast, man, making your debut. Hey, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Uh, for those unfamiliar, Mac is our, one of our interns. He started working for us uh, this past fall semester. And uh, before we get to know you, Mac, it's a little known fact that you are undefeated in games that you have worked for Hoisted Colors, whether it be football or men's basketball. Um, describe the run you're on right now. Um, you know, I'm, I'm just excited to keep it going. You know, I'm ready to go back up to Annapolis and keep this streak alive. It's been a lot of fun covering uh, ECU in person and just excited to keep it going. Yeah, how did, for those, uh, you know, we'll kind of go through some of your background. Obviously, your first time on the podcast, we got some regular listeners uh, trying to introduce you to the, the Pirate Nation. So tell me, tell me a little bit about, you know, you go to ECU, what year are you, what's your major, kind of what led you to uh, East Carolina? Yeah, so I'm a junior at ECU. I study communication and journalism. Um, my family moved to Raleigh area a couple years ago, right before uh, or right after I graduated high school. So um, I was just looking to pretty much stay in state and uh, visited ECU, fell in love with it, and here we are. Mac is a Ohio native, so he he's an Ohio State fan. He was he was born and raised as a Buckeye. He's also an unfortunate Cleveland Browns fan. Um, that was a tough one the other night, man. Yeah. Oh, my God, yeah. It was a uh, top five most brutal losses I've ever seen, for sure. Yeah, that was uh, – it's a tough year to be a Browns or a Broncos fan like yours truly. Um, man, so many missed opportunities. Uh, Mac, let's, let's dive into – uh, we got a bunch of questions on the Hoist College message board, but before we do that, let's talk about the last time we were up in Annapolis. You made the trip along with our photographer, Walter Powell, and you saw ECU, probably one of the more dramatic wins that I've seen. You saw that in, I believe, your first road game that you covered. Um, are we going to return to that mojo, uh, this time at the same location, Navy Marine Corps Memorial Stadium? I certainly hope so. You know, um... I, uh, I believe in, you know, familiarity, and I think uh, it'll be cool for ECU to get back there, to get back to Annapolis. It'll be a, a familiar uh, locker room, stadium venue for them, and I think that'll uh, 
end up being a little bit of an advantage for the team. So, or at least hopefully it will be, but. Any early thoughts on Boston college? I mean, they are a, an ACC team, probably not the team that most pirate fans were hoping for, but here we are, we're a week away from the game. I think that's kind of in the past now. And, uh, what are, what are kind of your early thoughts on BC and the matchup the Pirates have? Yeah, I think EC matches up really well. Um, looking at Boston College schedule uh, this year, they're, you know, probably very lucky to be in a bowl game at this point. You know, they had wins against uh, UMass and Colgate. And, you know, if you're speculating – they don't play those two teams at the beginning of the season, you know, maybe they're not uh, bowl eligible and playing in the postseason. but um, they've been without uh, their main signal caller uh, in Jerkovic most of the season, I think. And uh, now they uh, got him back towards the end of the season and now a few weeks off to uh, recover from his injury. So um, I think their air raid offense could be a little bit better by the time we see him next week. And uh, but, you know, it should be a great game. And I think uh, ECU's got the advantage uh, offensively. They, I think uh, I think they'll be able to run on BC really well. Uh, BC's not very good against the run. They're like 95th in the country. They allow like 170-something yards a game to opposing rushing attacks. So I think that bodes well for Keaton Mitchell and Roger Harris. Yeah, I mean, that, that'll be one of the big things – and somebody asked – we'll go ahead and kind of – we'll dive into some of these questions and we'll kind of let the questions um, carry us through the show. But I want to go ahead and hit on that because you brought up BC's run defense. Uh, somebody, ECU Salty Dog, asked, do you see us being able to establish the run against a pretty good defensive front from Boston College? And I think you kind of hit on it there, but I think ECU has to run the ball because Boston College, I think they're – Top 10 nationally in pass defense, first in the ACC. They've got a really good corner, Josh DeBerry, who's coming back for this bowl game and missed the last few games of the year. they got a good secondary. And so it sounds like they're susceptible to the run. And if you can't run the ball on them, uh, you don't want to go up there in, in Annapolis in 40-degree weather and have to throw the ball 50 times. I just don't think you're going to have success. So. You kind of hit it all there, Mac, but I do think this is a favorable game. And really, we have to see Keaton Mitchell and Rajay Harris get going. And the good news is we've seen Keaton Mitchell really get going on this field already. Right. Uh, I think uh, I think the forecast is calling for rain right now, too. So they're going to have to run the ball no matter what. Yeah, perfect, uh, perfect conditions, as you would expect in Annapolis on uh, December 27th. All right, let's dive into some of these questions, Mac. Uh, Pirate Treasure NC, who just so happens to be Walter, who's going to uh, to take the return trip to Annapolis with us. He's He's got biggest concerns on BC offense and uh, their defense. Basically, he's just asking, what are the biggest concerns about Boston College in general? Uh, for me, it's the pass defense. Uh, they're, they're really good. Right, covering the pass, they're pretty good at rushing the pass. They're not exceptional, which I think is a good matchup because ECU has struggled to pass protect all year. I do like the fact that, as we just talked about, teams have been able to hit some big plays in the ground game. When it comes to ECU's defense on the field, you know, the thing that kind of worries me is with uh, with their quarterback coming back, 
Dracovic, who's, who's a, a, apparently a projected first or second round pick. You wouldn't know it just by looking at his career stats, but you know, I did watch some film and he's got an absolute cannon and he runs pretty well. And I yeah. wonder, I wonder how much the injury, it sounded like a hand injury, has really hampered him this year. And if the time off gives him time to fully heal, you know, that kind of concerns me because I think ECU probably goes into this game thinking, hey, let's stop the run. First and foremost, they have a thousand yard rusher. If you do that, then you should get some favorable matchups. But if they just come out slinging it and Jerkovic is healthy, I think that kind of changes uh, how ECU can play defense, don't you think? Yeah, for sure. And, uh, I think it's one of those situations where you're, you might be looking to play Ben don't break defense all day. Um, you don't want to give up too many big plays. You know, you know Boston College is going to put up some points, but you can't let them get off to a big lead. You got his moments to uh, put ECU in front, keep a lead. All right, Treasure also asked, how much stock do you put into us already going there on a cold day and winning? Um, I think it, it helps with the comfortability leading up to the game. And I think you, you go in with a certain amount of confidence. But I think after the ball is kicked off, I mean, it's just a football game. And I don't think it's a huge deal. I do think the turf could play a role in that, you know, each turf field plays different if it's artificial turf field and ECU has played on this field. So they should know what type of cleats to wear how to cut, that sort of stuff. We know it's not the Memphis turf, which apparently was brutal. And so I think playing, having that familiarity on the turf um, will help. Somebody also asked, any injured players making a return? Uh, from what I've seen, I don't think anybody will be back other than maybe T and Wilt who missed the season finale against Cincinnati. You know, you had some guys banged up towards the latter half of the season, DJ Ford. Jawan Powell in the secondary, who I think will be closer to 100%. But, Mac, with the time off, you know, for me, it, it's more about getting guys healthy. I heard Holton Ayler say the, day, the other day on the radio that after the time off uh, in between the end of the season and the first real bowl practice, it sounds like it was the first time he threw all year in practice without pain, which I think says a lot. So I think you'll see kind of a, a fresh team on, on really both sides. Yeah, that's huge. Yeah, and so with G, uh, GSO Pirate, he says, anything we know about how practices are going? Um, this has been kind of weird in terms of we have not had a lot of practice access due to the recruiting push, signing day, and also due to um, due to really kind of the, the awkward schedule that the team has had. They've been practicing kind of three days on, three days off, up through signing day, and now that they're past signing day, then they took time off for Christmas, and now they're going up to Annapolis. So we really haven't had any practice access, so I wish I could tell you more about how things have been going, but honestly, I haven't been out there at all. So what I can tell you is from, from what we've heard, they're going well. Um, but, you know, honestly, it's been it's been tough to, tough to figure that out, GSO. So I, I don't have a ton of information for you there. Uh, moving on to our next questions, uh, Berg Pirate, he's got a couple. He says, is the rumor about multiple Boston College offensive linemen opting out true? Um, again, that's something that I have not been able to confirm. I've reached out to our uh, Boston College 24-7 sports writer, Tyler Cal Calvasur. I don't even know how to pronounce the name. Cal Calvaruso, I believe is his pronunciation. And he said that he's heard the same, but has not been able to verify it one way or the other. 
you know, one thing I thought was interesting is the guy who tweeted that out, who only has like 400 followers, if you look at him on Twitter. Um, but he also tweeted out Zay Flowers, their star receiver, was returning in 2022. And then the next day that news came out and, and it turned out to be true. So it does make me think at least a couple of those guys will be opting out. Mac, I'm looking at the pro football focus rankings right now. Uh, three of their top five offensive players are offensive linemen. Zion Johnson, who's the NFL draft pick, according to many sources. Uh, Alec Lindstrom, their center, is considered maybe the top center in the draft. Then they've got two other guys among their top graded players. So how much do you think that changes this entire game if, if, if multiple of those guys decide to opt out? I think that would be massive. I think that would be a massive uh, change in momentum uh, in the trenches towards ECU's favor. Um, like you said, Boston College has been pretty good in the run game, 1,000-yard rusher. So um, I think that would – I don't know if be being able to run the ball, but um, there it would definitely be a, a new thing for them and something they would have to make their own adjustments for. So it would be interesting to see. And you would think Blake Harrell would dial it up. I mean, he, al- he already dials it up. But uh, if you've got four new offensive linemen out there, even a couple of them, I think that that would cause uh, – Blake Harrell to really, really change things up and come after uh, Jerkovic. Uh, Berg Pirate also says, what's the media availability Absolutely. for bowl week looking like? Um, so this, this is another weird thing. So we're staying in Annapolis. The majority of the people going to the bowl game are. Uh, the, so the media availability for bowl week is the team goes up the 23rd through the, uh, the game, which is on the 27th. And – it's a situation where they're in D.C. They're practicing at St. John's, which is in D.C. We're about 30, 40 minutes away, and we don't get up to the 26th. So the media availability is they're available on the 24th, 25th, and 26th, but we, we might not be able to get there in time uh, because they're in D.C. and we're in Annapolis. So, again, weird bowl setup. It's going to be tough for us to get a ton of access, uh, but we'll continue to bring – you know, coverage pregame-wise to the table uh, just in terms of our write-ups and everything. Um, and Berg also asked, how's the mindset amongst the team? Do they understand that even though the bowl game is a reward, they still need to win? Um, similar type deal, we haven't had a ton of access, but I have talked to some sources that indicate this is – yeah, they're going up there to, to enjoy D.C., enjoy the experience, but they, they fully expect to win and they fully expect to play well and, Mac, you know as well as anybody, you know, these bowl games, a lot of it can come down to motivation on either side. And I would think both teams would be, would be motivated. But ECU, for sure, I mean, yeah, they're going to be happy to be there in the sense that they haven't gone in seven years. But you also don't want to just go up there just to go up there. You want to win the game, right? Absolutely. Um, first bowl appearance in, what, seven years? Six, yeah. seven years? Seven years. Yeah, so I mean, this is this is a a huge moment for the program, a huge moment for the fan base, and um, I I guarantee they want to win it more than Boston College does. And two, I mean, I think that ECU should have home field advantage. Not that it's going to be like ninety percent ECU fans, but I would think that ECU fans would travel better to this game than Boston College, and that should play a role at least in motivation. If you run out to the field to a big ovation, that's a uh, 
that's a big motivator as well. All right, Pirate Backer says over under on how much coin the hoisted colors armada armada of wild and ruckus pirates will spend Sunday night at Pusser's Bar. Um, man, so it's gonna be a uh, it's gonna be a fun get together. We're we're planning to get together Sunday evening at Pusser's down by the uh, Annapolis waterfront, seven o'clock. I don't know how much this COVID mess will end up scaring away some people, but we still have a lot of people scheduled to show up and get together and, and really meet because we all hang out online, but we don't really know each other. So I'm looking forward to, to getting together. But uh, uh, Max should be quite a scene. You know, when pirates get together, they know how to throw, throw a party. So what, what, are you, what are you expecting in uh, at the ACC get-together? Expecting some fun? Yeah, for sure. Hopefully uh, it's a good turnout. <laughs> And, um, Your dog's excited. Yeah. <laughs> the dog is coming. Uh, everybody will be there. And, yeah, looking forward to that. Uh, hopefully everybody can show up And uh, if you're able to make it. If you're in town, definitely come over. You know, I don't know if we'll stay at Pusters. We were going to rent out a room originally. They ended up making it so that we had to pay a certain amount. We probably would have uh, – would have exceeded that if it was alcohol based, but they said that alcohol could not go towards that minimum. So we ended up just saying we're going to take over the bar area. And uh, yeah, so looking forward to that. Uh, Tarborville adds over under on how fast law enforcement is called and over under on how many police wagons are needed. Hopefully zero. Um, uh, that, that wouldn't be good, man. I, I'm just trying to get to game day. I'm trying to have a good time. But I also don't want to just be wiped out where I'm miserable heading into uh, to Monday. So, all right, let's get back on track here. Um, Buck Saber, he says, maybe I missed it, but I would like to know what bowl swag the players get for the military bowl. All right, we tweeted this out a while ago, but here's a reminder, Buck. So, military bowl presented by Paraton, uh, they're giving the players a $350 MasterCard gift card by University Fan Cards. Man, that's a lot of cards. Um, I don't really know what exactly that means, other than the fact it's $350. Uh, Wireless headphones, doesn't say whether it's like Apple or like some knockoff brand. I'm going to guess it's probably a knockoff brand. Uh, And also beanies. So... You know, I'm not going to complain about $350 if I'm a player, but I also am, am you know, also wish I was getting a little bit more of a uh, glamorous gift. Like some of these, some of these deals are giving away like a PS5 and stuff, Max. So it's like a pretty good, uh, pretty good haul, but maybe not the best haul. What are your thoughts on the uh, the, yeah, gift, the gift packet? Uh, I mean, kind of like you said, it, for me, no complaints there with the $350 gift card. Um, we're also it's also the military bowl, not the it's not the cotton bowl, it's not the college football playoff. So you gotta take what you can get. Yeah. I mean, there are some that are way worse than than what the military bowl is getting. So uh yeah, d- definitely take it. Uh yeah, well, yeah. what we can get. Uh ECU Salty Dog, he's got a couple questions. We hit on one earlier. Um his first question is what is this was was it this stadium? where our guys kept falling over themselves. Have we fixed cleat issues that caused some of the slippage? I think having played on the field before, we have an advantage of knowing what kind of gear will be most necessary. 
Uh, th- I think you're thinking of the Memphis game, Salty Dog. That was the game where the turf was terrible. The Navy game, I think, was pretty standard. So I don't think that, you know, I, I think, as we talked about earlier, the familiarity helps, but I don't think it's going to be anything crazy from a footing perspective. Like the Memphis turf, it sounds like it was just horrendous, and uh, the Navy turf, much, much better. Um, who has the breakout game, he asked. And is anyone sitting out that could play? Um, nobody's sitting out, from what I've heard, other than maybe Audio Matosha for personal reasons. And I don't want to get into all that, but he might not play. So who has the breakout game, Mac? We'll, 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 go, we'll hit on this one. Um, who do you think has the breakout game for the Pirates on, on the 27th? I'm looking back at the guys who uh, who had big games back in Annapolis in uh, November. I'm looking at Tyler Sneed, Ryan Jones, and Keaton Mitchell. Um, I'd, I'd probably take uh, Sneed over all, all of them because of experience. I think Holden's going to be looking at his top dog all day, and hopefully they can establish that um, that partnership often and early. Yeah, and we talked about the the Boston College corner DeBerry. He's he's a six two guy, but he'll probably play on the perimeter. I would assume matched up against CJ. So I wonder who will match up against Snead, and that'll be interesting to see um, heading into the military bowl. Uh, my breakout pick, I don't. I'm gonna go defensive. I'm gonna say that if the offensive line for BC has a ton of opt-outs, I'm going to say that Jeremy Lewis has a multi-sat game off the edge for ECU, including a potential game-changing play. You know, it'd be too easy to go Jaquan McMillan, uh, but I'm going to go Jeremy Lewis. Um, And Salty Dog also asked, is it really coming to an end? Seems like we were just in the long wait for football season to get here. I don't know, Matt. Can you verify that it's coming to an end? Is this is this real life? Tragically, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm with him right there too. Uh, feels like just yesterday we were in Charlotte for uh, the Duke's Mayo Classic, and now we're in the post. And so it's it's been a wild ride, but I think it's been fun. And, uh, you have an awesome opportunity here to uh, head into the off season which is going to be full of expectations considering Mike Houston's new contract and Ehlers coming back. But you've got a huge opportunity to go into the offseason with a, with a bowl game win under your belt and then full steam ahead at NC State. It's crazy, man. It's Nothing goes by faster than football season, and we've seen it this year. And ECU hasn't been to a bowl in seven years, and it's still, you know, this is a new experience having signing day and having a bowl game and all that, but it's still gone by extremely quick. Even the the layoff from the end of the season to me, maybe it's because we're working signing day and all that, but it seems like it's, it hasn't really been a month. It seems like it's been just a couple of weeks, but here we are about to play the football game. And it's sad, man. It's sad it's coming to an end, but it sure as hell beats sitting at home watching all these bowl games, knowing that ECU, once again, is not playing in a bowl. So I'm just glad ECU is playing in a bowl and we have a game right. to talk about. Uh, all right, let's, let's continue on here. Absolutely. Kiss my cast. He says, is Boston College actually out for starting offensive linemen? Uh, you know, we, we touched on this earlier. The report came from that guy who we haven't verified it with anybody. And I – 
you know, they do have projected three to four NFL draft picks on that O-line. I have a tough time believing that all <laughs> four would opt out. Um, so, again, I don't know. My hunch is you'll show up and maybe one or two aren't playing, but all four, that would be a game changer. Uh, like, just a, one or two guys is enough. You take away basically the whole offensive line, that's a uh, – you know, that's something that can turn Boston College from a three-point favorite in Vegas to a three-point underdog pretty quickly. So, we'll see. You know, we'll find out on game day or maybe before then, depending on what happens uh, with any announcements. All right. We'll continue on. A um, couple more questions here. Daytona Beach Pirate, he says, is anyone else besides Omotosho not playing? Again, our practice um, access has been limited, but per my – knowledge which is maybe worthless since they haven't been out of practice but from what i'm hearing i haven't heard of anybody not playing that's expected to play and usually you get buzz of such a thing uh we might get buzz of that leading up to the game the final few days ahead of the game but right now i would expect everyone healthy to be be able to go uh number two do you think boston college fans will travel well or will this be more of a home game atmosphere for ecu assuming a lot of our fans show up. Yeah, I don't know Boston College's fan base that well, Mac. I don't know if you do. Um, any expectations on what you what you maybe expect from a, a fan atmosphere standpoint heading into uh, Monday? Um, I definitely expect the tilt to lean towards ECU uh, having the heavier fan presence there. This isn't – I'm – I again, like – Kind of like what you said. I don't really know Boston College fans that well, but um, at six and six, they, I mean, their season wasn't too exciting. I, I mean, I'm not sure how they're going to travel. I'm not sure how excited they are for this game, but I do know that uh, on the other side of it, the ECU fans are pumped up for this one. I know a lot of people comment, so I definitely expect a lot of purple in the stands. Yeah, and just going to the Boston College 24-7 site, and I don't know if that's their main site or if they have another site, but there just doesn't seem to be a whole lot of buzz about the game. Not that there's, like, this huge buzz about the ECU uh, – about the game from an ECU perspective, but I feel like there's a general amount of excitement about ECU returning to a bowl, whereas Boston College fans are like, oh, we're playing East Carolina in the military bowl. Who, who really cares? So um, I do know that they have a large alumni – base in the D.C. area, maybe all those people will show up or maybe not. Again, you know, who who knows? Um, ECU has never played Boston College. You know, I've been to Boston a few times, and I can't say I've seen anybody wearing a Boston College shirt. Um, so we'll find out on the 27th um, just, just what type of fans they have and if they're going to show up for just some random bowl game in an average year. All right, number three from Daytona Beach Pirate. He says, how many points does ECU need to aim for to have a chance to win? This is a good question. Um, you know, two pretty good defenses going at it, Mac. I think high 20s should get it done, definitely low 30s. But, I mean, Boston College, I think, has only given up 22 points a game. I think if you get to the high 20s, they're going to have a tough time keeping pace. What are your thoughts on – point output for ECU needed to win. Yeah, absolutely. I think my initial thought before you even said how many points they gave they give up a game, which I wasn't aware of, but I was I was thinking 27 gets it done. 
I think ECU is good enough defensively to hold them to 24, 25, 26. I think 27 will get it done. Yeah, I think a high 20s, if you get 27, 28, you got to feel pretty good. The way ECU's defense is playing, and and I know you look at – if you just look at the raw stats, the ECU defensive numbers are just okay. But if you watch this team play the second half of the year, I think the defense is just much better than what the stats indicate. So, I think high 20s gets it done. It should be a pretty cold atmosphere. Like you said, maybe rain. I don't think it's going to be a very high-scoring game, which is why the over-under is pretty low in Vegas. Uh, number four, do you think this is more of an offensive game or a defense game? Well, we just kind of touched on that. Um, I, I just think both these defenses are good, Mac. So, you kind of, you know, not to give away our score prediction, which we'll give away at the end, but you, you kind of feeling this is a game in the 20s somewhere? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, I just think that's probably the the most likely, uh, most likely outcome. All right, number five, final question from Daytona Beach Pirate. Any big weakness for them that we can exploit? Um, you know, you you touched on this. They're giving up what one eighty a game on the ground, one seventy point three yards a game against opposing rushing attacks. Gotcha. Okay. Well, so there you go. They're giving up uh, 170 yards per game, and so I think that that's a lot in the ACC. And you throw in also the non-conference opponents that they've had, and you would expect that number to be perhaps a little lower from a Boston College defense. So, and some of that too, you know, they've gotten behind and have given up some rushing yards late in game, but they've been prone to giving up big plays. And there's no better big play running back, arguably in college football, than Keaton Mitchell. So I think that would would play to ECU's favor. Um, you know, offensively, if their offensive line is out or the majority of those guys are out, then obviously that's a weakness to exploit. I also think uh, with, you know, Zay Flowers is a future NFL receiver, but outside of him and, and maybe a tight end, their, their receiving corpse isn't fantastic. So if McMillan can lock up Zay Flowers, then I think you feel pretty good about the rest of that matchup. Um, so that's that's just my take on it. Any any big weakness uh, that you can see outside of those, Mac? Um, not really. I honestly didn't even know BC was that talented on the offensive line. That's pretty insane that they might be missing four guys. So, but that would that would aside from their rushing defense, I think the offensive line situation is definitely the the big thing to look out for there. Yeah, I mean that's the the big thing is this BC team six and six, but they do have several NFL players, which is. Kind of why it's a surprise they're they're six and six and they did have injuries, but reading their you know reading their stuff, it sounds like their schemes have not been great. They've been very inconsistent offensively, even with the talent they've had. So we'll see how it transpires on Monday. All right, last question, then we'll get to our prediction. Uh, dark horse picks for ECU offensive and defensive MVPs of the game. So we'll start with the offense, and I guess so. This throws out like the obvious candidates. Uh, Max, so I'll let you start off. Dark Horse offensive MVP for ECU on the 27th. Any idea? Dark Horse. Oh, my goodness. Um, I don't know. I mean, I think I think Ehlers spreads the ball so well that, it, I mean, I don't know. It could be anyone, but I really like uh, Tyler Sneed. Um, I like Ryan Jones. I like the tight ends to have a good game. Um. Maybe Shane Calhoun, throw him out there. That was going to be my pick, Shane Calhoun. And so, 
I feel like if you're going to go with him, I'm going to go with him too. Um, I'll say too, you know, we give Keaton a lot of love. I just feel like we haven't had that Rajay Harris game yet this year. Yeah. And maybe this is that game. I don't know. I mean, it, it, maybe there's at some point going to be so much attention on stopping the other guys that Rajay ends up having a big game. So, you know, you go Calhoun, I'll go Rajay Harris. Uh, I think Keaton Mitchell would be considered an, an easy pick. So I think Harris qualifies as a dark horse. All right. Uh, defensive MVP, dark horse candidate. Um, man, there's so many players EC plays defensively. Uh, Mac, I'll let you go first. I threw out Jeremy Lewis earlier. I think he would qualify, but I'll try and pick somebody else if you want to go first. Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure what the parameters are here, but I'll go I'll go Tegan Wilk um, if he plays. I'm not sure. What was he hurt with? I think a leg or something. I, I don't know 100%, but I just know he was in a jumpsuit for the final game. But it, it, he was walking around. It looked super serious. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I think he, he was playing pretty well down the stretch there. Um, I think he had a good game in Memphis, if I'm, if I'm correct there. But, yeah, I mean – I think he's been playing well down the stretch. I like I like him to continue that if he if he suits up in Annapolis. All right, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with a guy who has struggled uh, a little bit this year after a position change. But this feels like, you know, towards the end of the season, I thought he's playing better. Xavier Smith, at one point, was an All Conference player for ECU. They moved him to rush. Now he's moved back to inside linebacker. I feel like we haven't seen an Xavier Smith game this year, and I feel like this. Run heavy attack, downhill style fits him and Bruce Bivens pretty well. And so I'm going to go with Xavier Smith, my dark horse player of the game for ECU defensively. If those things happen, I like ECU's chances to win. Mac, prediction time. We'll, we'll do it in written form uh, on the day of the game. You've been making, uh, we've been making our picks all year. You start off a little slow to begin the year uh, with your game picks, but you, yeah. you, you rallied hard at the end of the year. Uh, so I'll let you go first. ECU, Boston College, who's your winner? What's your score? I'm going to go ECU 27-24. Um, I think the hungry dog runs faster. I, I think ECU is going to be juiced up a little bit more than BC will be. And um, I just like them to have a big game and give the, give the ECU faithful um, a great win to head into the offseason. Are you 27-24? Is it going to be another Owen Daffer walk-off? That was a little too crazy, but um, however they get it done, I don't care. I just hope they win. I got 27-24. All right, I'm going to go with a similar score. Uh, I'm going to go 27-20 East Carolina. I, I feel like 27 is a good number. I think we we're on the kind of the same page there. I think this defense is playing well. I think they match up pretty good with BC unless Jerkovic just has the game of his life. I think McMillan can do a good job on Flowers. I think Fleming can do a good job on whoever he's covered. He's done a really good job this year, and, and I like ECU's run defense here down the stretch. So I'm going to go Pirates 27 and Boston College 20. And there's our predictions, and there's our podcast. Mac, appreciate you hopping on, man. We'll have you on again, I'm sure, down the road. Been, been a fun first semester for you, man. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. All right. I'm Stephen Igo. That's Max Sullivan. You've been listening to the Hoisty Colors podcast. We'll be back with you after the game. Maybe we'll get Mac on for the post game. 
I tell you what, if he stays undefeated covering ECU games, including a bowl victory, then he's coming back on the podcast. So uh, we'll make it happen. All right, that'll do it for the show. We'll catch up with you guys after the game. Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe? Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.